Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. time in a long time but it seems like just yesterday when we were side by side beast mode no one's blocking our way <laughs> these other guys tried it but them man ain't got the skills of brazen and davy brazen and raging bringing you the thrills and spills right here in full gear about to blow up like tnt us man are too sweet brady ddp the bd elite right here in full gear about to blow up like tnt us man are too sweet brady ddp the bd elite Hello! That's where you normally hear the British guy say his bit, but let's get right down to it. Yeah, I mean, since this is hello, 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 I'm trying to think of the most New York thing is your... Yeah, yo, is that is that is that what it would be? Yeah, maybe that's, that's what it would yeah, be. Yeah, that's pretty much the New York equivalent of hello, hello, hello. Uh, Braden Harrington here, joined by, yes, no Davey Portman, but I am here with John Ceno, evil from shot in the dark here on the free feed where you usually john you cover shot uh sorry shot in the dark's not the actual show it's aw dark and what else do you talk about nxt uk nxt ring uk of ring of honor 205 live main event new japan pro wrestling strong and probably something else i'm forgetting uh nwa there we go well you cover everything on shot in the dark and we love you for that good sir but today is a saturday it's beautiful and we're inside recording a podcast yeah, I've been doing this for three weeks now. The first two weeks with Davey and now with you. It's like my Saturday morning tradition. I wake up. I usually don't have my son with me, but he's here today as I'm bringing him to a birthday party. So wake up, watch Saturday morning cartoons and talk about wrestling. That's not too bad. Going to a, yeah. a birthday party. You can do that again here because I don't know if you know. Well, Toronto, where where I am, you know, the pandemic's officially over. Because <laughs> we can according go outside. <laughs> it's according to too cold. Yeah. Uh, so Saturdays, uh, doing a podcast inside is kind, kind of sucks because, uh, like, I'm looking out my window right now. I'm seeing the water. I'm seeing boats go by. And uh, yeah, re- real quick question. What's up with the CN Tower? Supposedly, what, it changed colors because of Montreal. There was a big, uh, big thing about that. I was reading yeah. about. Yeah. So we we uh, got a nice view of the CN Tower from the new BBE Tower. And we can see the CN Tower changes different colors for different things. In fact, uh, I instructed Davey, he's got to follow this Twitter account that 
it's the guy who changes the colors and they explain why the colors are certain things. So like, they'll be like, Hey, tonight it's, um, you know, an orangey tint for the, the, you know, lots of unfortunate students, the the bodies that were found, um, somewhere in Canada. So they do colors for, for things like that. And, uh, well, yeah, that's a whole different thing because Canada is going through some things right now, which is very, uh, sad, but then the, the CN tower will change to like, if the Raptors win, you know, win the game tonight, they'll go purple right. or, or whatever. But the other week they were doing like when the Leafs were playing, they were all blue for Toronto. Blue is technically Toronto's color. But yeah. then all of a sudden when they lost, the CN Tower put up colors to make it look like the Habs logo. Oh. And uh, really funny. That's some it's, what a- it's pucks and cucks is this city apparently because uh that's yeah i thought it was hilarious i'm like ah it's canada's team the team is called canadians but like yeah Great i was stuff. reading like uh cn tower made a heel turn it was like hollywood hulk hogan levels i was reading a whole bunch of different funny things about that yeah it pretty much is the, is the cn tower going heel on the entire city here but that's okay because then now we're open we can do whatever it is that we that we like to do here in the city uh in fact one day portman's not doing this show because he he finally had a night out where he was allowed to go to work and then have drinks with someone on a patio and a few friends. And I feel like he, I, I was watching AEW late and he came home. And it's the first time in a long time uh, that I saw Mr. Portman just just off his off his head. Nice. So the world is is coming in the way the way things used to be are coming back here to us. And uh, that's that's what we like. But yeah, I, I was chatting with him a little bit last night. and I was scared that he was going to walk back to the old apartment the way he was talking. I think he did, actually. <laughs> He went to a bar nearby our old house, apparently. Well, the patio's here, because that's all we can do. And said, uh, I think he, he started going back towards the old place. Uh, I went to the beach. I went to, like, the beach yesterday, and I'm I'm wearing a T-shirt now. And I know, you know, this is usually a podcast form, but I am burned. Like, I am a white dude who's half Portuguese, so you think I'd get a nice, like, golden olive tan, but no, I, I'm white as fuck, and then I just burned. And my whole body is red so i don't know that maybe in staying inside today is a good move because i am hurting like i need to go the only place i'm going today is to buy aloe vera mm. because that's what i need but uh, how, how are you have you been to the beach no i haven't been to the beach i unfortunately burn as well i wish i was like my dad my dad is like the complexion of like has like he just pans <laughs> like a motherfucker but like I, I i'm like my mom i burn like the second like sun touches me um i haven't been to the beach yet but i do plan on uh taking some trips at the end of the month i'm actually taking my son to legoland which is a little like an hour away from me they just opened up the new york resort which sounds like an amazing time so we're wow. gonna head over there and then in a couple of weeks, uh, me and Fire Frank are going to take a trip to Philadelphia. So hopefully the weather stays nice and uh, we can actually travel and walk around and do, you know, the fun things that we used to do. Yeah. I mean, Legoland sounds, first of all, amazing. Uh, Wei Ting from Post Wrestling is going to be very jealous that you're going. Oh, yeah. He's the first person I told and he was like, oh, I want to go so bad. <laughs> yeah, that looks sick. What, how does that even work? Is it like you go on rides that are Legos? Yeah, and stuff, I yeah, guess? It's, yeah. It's it's basically like a little amusement park. Just everything's themed in Lego. The the hotel is like Lego themed, and wow. every I guess every like a uh, section is like themed. Like you have your Lego pirates section, you have your Lego ninja section. So everything is kind of like uh themed, but it looks pretty cool. So you know, I, I kind of wanted to go to one in, in uh Florida for the longest time, but then I heard yeah. rumors of a New York one opening, and I'm like, I'm just gonna wait for the New York one. That's wild. So you don't even have to go. To, I mean, Star Wars land or whatever looks fucking crazy. And I'm, I, yeah. I have to do that eventually. I, I want to go on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, another park. I, I want to do the Nintendo stuff. 
Because that shit looks nuts. crazy. Yeah, I keep yeah. seeing videos for that. Um, that's something down the line. Hopefully, if I can head over to Japan, I definitely want to do that. But they're supposed to be bringing that over here in sometime in California. Yeah, they're they're building it already here. So like it's coming. But the Japan one already opening Nintendo World and and stuff. Apparently, they dropped the ball with Mario Kart. Like it's just a, a ride. It's not mm. like you're actually going on a course. But like I would. That's that kind of writes itself, right? Like you just yeah uh, get in the car yeah, it's probably too dangerous to do live Mario Kart. You can do it in Japan. Uh, if you have a license, uh, you can go to these like go-kart places. You all get in onesies of Mario Kart and you play in the streets of, of Tokyo. A lot of wrestlers awesome. have done it too, but uh, I, I didn't do it because I didn't have my license. Mm. So I was like, ah, I don't trust myself. So I did not do that. But that sounds fun. I want to go to a Lego land. Is, did you say there's a Lego beach there? A Lego beach? I don't Would there be a Lego so. in New York State? Probably not, right? Yeah, I mean near yeah. the Hamptons. It's like yeah. it's like I don't know much about you know U.S. and stuff, but I know that like New York City, and then you go like up, and it's like what the Hamptons and all. And really, yeah, nice. that's pretty much it's it's upstate. It's like maybe like halfway to Buffalo, I would think. Yeah, um, a little closer to there, but there you know there's definitely beaches here if you go like down to like Long Island and Queens and all that, Coney Island and all that. Well, and, and then you're so at least you're being a nice dad. You're taking your kid to Legoland, and then you're taking Fire Frank to some wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking Fire Frank. He hasn't got to Philadelphia since like fifth grade or something, he told me. So we kind of have to do the whole Rocky tour and everything, show him the cheesesteak places. Um, but yeah, we're going to go watch MLW, which is cool. They just officially announced like their Battle Riot, which is like their version of the Royal Rumble. So they've been signing a lot of new names. So, you know, it should okay. be great just to watch wrestling in general. I don't really care what I'm going to. But I just found out that at the end of July in Atlantic City, we're going to get Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona. So I kind of want to go to that as well. Oh. Yeah, I I thought it was going to be like SummerSlam weekend because GCW is doing shows in Vegas. But no, they announced it for Atlantic City in July 24th, I want to say. So uh, I kind of have to watch that. I've never been to a GCW show because I'm not really fond of like death matches, especially watching it live. But if Nick Gage is going to fight Matt Cardona, that feels like a once in a lifetime like match. So, yo, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I, I'm I'm thinking that storyline. We we all saw it coming the way they were tweeting each other. That's the new age of of wrestling. Like that's how it should have been. Cardona's definitely been ahead of the curve when it comes to using social media and all these platforms at, to his advantage. And WWE never really let him use his, I don't know, his brain properly. And it shows like in the last year, people are like, yeah, it's just Zack Ryder. Who cares? No one gives a shit. He's worked his way into this, like this angle and, and this match, which sounds amazing. And it's not even a WWE product and it has people booming. And you know, that pisses off WWE. Whenever anything wrestling wise is, is mm -hmm. popping off, they're always like, ah, we want to get our, our little muddy paws on that. But that match sounds like it definitely has my interest. I'm not, I'm like you, I'm not too into the death match type stuff, but seeing Cardona versus Gage sounds good, but also seeing Mox versus Gage uh, sounds yeah. good. Is that, is that I, later I on? I think, I think that might be Vegas weekend. Cause I saw that they have shows like the day before SummerSlam in Las Vegas. So that seems like, I mean, he lives there, right? That seems like the yeah. perfect match for Moxley. Um, Moxley and Gage, that'll definitely bring fans in. Even if AEW's not doing anything that weekend, if they just do a GCW show headlined by Moxley. Um, but then again, like he's due his child's due soon, right? But knowing Moxley, he'll probably wrestle anyway. Yeah. And get glass in his body and do all sorts of really fucked up stuff. Uh, that's pretty exciting. And I know SummerSlam in Las Vegas is going to have like a, a live crowd. and People are looking forward to going to it. We're in Canada. There are opening travel restrictions. So I'm not saying SummerSlam is going to be on first on my list to, of things to go to. Although Davey is trying to, well, you two are trying to convince me that All Out is something that we can potentially go to. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, 
I don't that's know. That's something maybe. that's definitely uh, being talked about. I and mean, Chicago is not too far away from all of us. And no, definitely AEW. not. I never, I'm still yet to be into an AEW show live. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, the la- I went to Chicago once with John Way and Davey and we went to All In. And, and I say like All In was amazing and it was so crazy to see. But I liked StarCast. I thought that was really cool. Like meeting people, seeing all these wrestlers walking around like normal people. It was it was quite interesting. So I hopefully they get to do something like that because that's something they're I not though. That's the thing. They already uh, said that they're not doing it, which kind of sucks. Cause I was hoping for that as well, but well, I'm sure but, there'll be other shows around the area. Yeah. They just did double or nothing and they did like a double or nothing. Like Fan thing. Fest, that was, yeah. yeah, it was pretty much like Starcast, anyways, but uh, yeah. So maybe going, going to all out is not such a, a, a far away dream. I'm just, why don't they get downstate to redo the song all in, but call it all out. And they get like make the perfect commercials for Will it. you go for sure if they announce that they're gonna perform that live all out the remix? <laughs> you know how much I love Downstate, <laughs> but definitely seeing Downstate play Cody Rhodes out one time made me go, ooh, maybe they should just be studio uh <laughs> musicians, which is fine. A lot of people I can't sing, you know, but like, you know, but yeah, maybe that's a, a draw. If they book downstate for all out, then I'm definitely going. Um, Davey was just telling me as he was like waking up and being groggy this morning that um i think it was fightful was saying some stuff about samoa joe showing up in nxt in nxt yeah which i'm like wait a second that kind of sounds weird um but that's what he was just saying apparently for for tomorrow for in your house i mean maybe uh i don't think so for tomorrow just like in general like that he there's a potential some people are saying that he might show up in NXT, which I'm finding very strange because that's going to ruin my end game of Joe versus Punk main right. event in some giant AEW or slash Ring of Honor event. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know about that news. That doesn't sound like it's I feel like he's been if Joe goes back. It's like, how many times can you have your heart broken by this? It's like in a relationship. The girl keeps fucking you over. You wore a goddamn poncho for these people <laughs> in the rain and they still fire you and you would go back. I mean, I mean, that, maybe that he doesn't want that to be his last visual in WWE is him in a poncho with a sad face. Sad on. face. There's definitely some potential dream matches in NXT is a whole new crop of people that he hasn't wrestled yet. But yeah, I was kind of hoping to him to kind of like maybe do something else unless they promise him big plans for NXT. Um, that's, that's, I mean, I, I would hope he would wrestle, right? It wouldn't be like an announcing position would have to be him wrestle. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty. That's pretty interesting. But hey, we can always get a uh, CM Punk and show Samoa Joe at Takeover Chicago. No, or what? <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying they're gonna take that idea and just do it WWE style? No, it, I'd see. I'd see Punk versus Joe as this this big match you could advertise. I joked many times that you book a stadium show and the two big matches on it, like two co-main events, are Kenny versus Coda and Joe versus Punk. And you sell you sell it out. I'm sorry, like wrestling fans, it's, it'll be the first big stadium. It could be a stadium show. However, like a Punk versus Kenny is also a big draw match that people would definitely say. I'm not even a big Punk fan, to be completely honest. Like I fucking, I think he's sick. I love him, but over the years, like just give it up. He left. It's been a long time. Like, yeah, it's so over, many years bro. have yeah, so many years have passed by that like if he comes back now, even when he did the whole thing with the uh, backstage WWE thing, like nobody really cared. Even though it was just, yeah, you know, I didn't care. Like, it, yeah, it's just a lot of time has passed. Like all yeah. like the hardcore CM Punk fans probably don't even care anymore. CM Punk is like the Sopranos. It's over. Get a new show. Move on. Get something <laughs> different. Except except if they want to book Joe versus CM Punk, which just which would definitely interest me. 
Uh, I would rather see Joe show up in somewhere like an AEW. I just want to see him wrestle. I don't want to see him in commentary yeah. and stuff. And I know, uh, obviously, he's an older dude, but I think he's still got a few matches in the, in the tank or whatever it is that they say. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure of any other news. I've kind of been low-key, low like, just watching AEW Dynamite the past few weeks just via, like, Twitter and listening to you and Davey because um, putting it on a Friday because of, like, hot, like what, basketball and actual sports, I, I get mm-hmm. it, 100%. Like, sports ratings compared to wrestling ratings, no debate. But it definitely makes wrestling fans, like, fall out. Like, they go, ah, well, if, if it's a Friday night, like, what, what could possibly happen? And I feel like the past few shows has been that way. Yeah, like I made a mistake last week of watching it live at 10 o'clock and I just couldn't do that this week. So I went ahead and started it last night just to kind of get a heads up on it. But I finished it all this morning because, you know, a show running into like midnight is just way too much on a, on a Friday night. I mean, there is some AEW tie-in news with tonight because um was against all odds is happening with Impact. Kenny Omega versus Moose. And they announced that that match is actually going to take place in Daly's place. So that's kind of interesting. I'm sure the match was taped already, but it's kind of cool to see an Impact match pay-per-view on a different venue. Right, so Moose versus Kenny for the Impact title, but they're filming it, or maybe already filmed it, at Daly's place. And yep. then the winner of that goes on to their like big... Or big Slammiversary. Yeah, Slammiversary, and it's Sammy Callahan versus the yeah. winner. Man. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's been kind of like in the mix of this. People thought it might be a triple threat or not, but yeah, he's going to get his own match at Slammiversary, which is interesting. But Slammiversary is a show that like all the no-compete clauses run out on, so I'm sure we're going to get some surprises show up on that on that episode. Yeah, you'd hope so, because like I don't, I don't watch Impact. You, you know, uh, Davey was doing a lot of the Deep Impact stuff, and and you, you watch it and cover it sometimes. I just anytime I've tried to watch it, guys, like I've tried. You even brought in Kenny Omega, my my god of professional wrestling, as a big Kenny Mark, and I still wa- would watch the show and go, this this sucks, like it's terrible. And telling me, oh, Moose versus Kenny, sorry, I do not give a crap. And then Sammy Callahan, the hacker from NXT versus Kenny. I'm like, ah, oh, they're good. But like, nah, man, like, I'm sorry. That's not a draw for me. I don't buy it. Yeah, like, I can I, see that. Yeah. I mean, watching it week by week, you kind of like invest with these characters. You kind of like get attached to them. But like, if you just come in like cold and just watch like one of the pay-per-views, you're going to be totally out of it. Like, you're going to be like, who's W Morrissey? Why is Big Cass wrestling in jeans? And and why is this hacker Solomon Crow in the main event? So I can see like coming in fresh and like being so confused by a lot of the characters and what's going on. Yeah, like I, I don't want to be that negative guy. It's like, ah, oh, just it sucks. It's just like every time I've tried to watch it, it, it sucked. But I will say that since uh, getting the maybe changing up the commentary team definitely helped it a little bit. And I know you guys were raving about that Iron Man match recently. So I uh, like they do have some good stuff. It's just still mind boggling that like, what? Why is it this? All right. Well, that's the way I think. I guess I, I figured Kenny would drop that some of these titles this summer, but I don't know how this uh, champion of champions gimmick or how long it's going to last goes but i see he could drop it to maybe sammy he could then drop yeah. it to uh andrade the match against andrade yeah so yeah. he could definitely drop a couple of these titles but then it's like the whole luster of this collector of titles thing kind of like that was it like it feels like it'd be kind of like flat and nothing really came out of it yeah i like yeah I, maybe he keeps it on and continues on and then finally we get that uh, maybe kota bushi beats shingo and then kenny versus kota and that's that's what happens when we finally get that match. Uh, I guess we can talk about this this week's dynamite that happens because it happens. Uh, I, I mentioned I went to the beach. I got completely sunburned, day drunk, super stoned, and then came home, ordered a bunch of randomly uh, like Persian food, like gr- grilled kebabs and stuff, then passed out for probably like five hours, <laughs> then woke up at like 2 a.m. 
went for a walk, smoked a fat one, and then put dynamite on. So like my dynamite notes are all over the place. So if I miss something, I'm completely sorry. But that's what happens when they put dynamite on a week that I usually is my day off or working. But I take Wednesdays off my shoot job so I can cover this. And then they move it off Wednesdays. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, it's going to continue until <laughs> July. It looks like the next two weeks, they already said, what, Friday and then Saturday for the final show and then back to uh, Wednesdays in July. Yeah. Uh, so just, um, I guess, some housekeeping is obviously we're doing a watch along and post show for In Your House uh, tomorrow night for NXT. So that'll be a lot of fun. Of course, the podcast post show will be up here on this free feed after we are done recording. Uh, I guess BD Elite will be uh, to be determined depending on week to week basis. Uh, and then we got some stuff on the Patreon. I need some some help from our up next uh, up next experts because if you're in the Facebook group or follow the the Twitter at Up Next Podcast, let us know what matches we need to watch for best match ever: Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam. Because next week we're going to be doing a best match ever, covering any matchups between those two. Obviously, I'm thinking of the ECW stuff. I know they fought in TNA, but I want your opinions and stuff. We'll obviously be opening a feedback thread. But I want the the juices flowing of what Jerry Lynn versus RVD matches deserve to be on that best match ever show. Because that is a show that's coming out on the Patreon next week. We just did an Up Yours covering Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which was a, a kind of out there pick from world champ Jose. But then we watched it and it was quite fun. Al Pacino, Alec Baldwin. What a strange review. Um, and I'm trying to think, oh, yeah, we did an In Your House Mind Games from 1996, Shawn Michaels, Mankind, and more. So that was as a, a blast as well to look back at the In Your House. John, is someone going to jump off the house this year at NXT? I think so. I think we're going to get a, a big spot in the uh, the MSK Bronson Reed match. I feel oh. like all three, all three of them are going to jump off. Maybe what? Bronson Reed's going to jump off with MSK on top of him. Three people off the, off the house. You think Bronson Reed's jumping off the house? Yeah, that, why not? That, that kind of sounds good. Uh, yeah. I, I think he would do it. He's kind of crazy. He's kind of insane. Uh, so all this stuff, five bucks a month, North American tier, patreon.com slash up next, all these shows, everything in the catalog, all that stuff. That is how we continue going here. And we do that by talking about AEW dynamite from June 12th. I have June 12th because I watched it at 2am, but it's actually through <laughs> June 11th, uh, yeah. 2021 and it's Saturday. So you know what that means. We start off with, you know, the best way to kick off Dynamite in my books, Matt Hardy and the <laughs> HFO in the ring. It's Matt Hardy with Jack Evans and Angelico. And I'll say it right now, highlight of this episode. You don't even need to watch this episode of Dynamite. You just need to see Angelico dancing. Always. That's like, that's like my favorite part of him. Like whenever it's like a backstage interview or on Dark or something, he's always just dancing along with no music. Just... And, and, and it's funny when, like, Alex Marvez or Dasha's like, there's no music. And he's just like, it's up here. Yeah. He's the most relatable wrestler, I think, to me, personally. I love dancing in public with no music. I do it all the time. Uh, but he, no one quite does it like Angelico. Matt Hardy says these guys are, because we've been wondering what's been going on. It, HFO just has everyone in their stable. Uh, but he says Christian Cage there's a bounty on you and this rivalry has been going on. You know, I've always made more money than you. And after I take you out, you will never financially recover from this. So Matt Hardy's still going off about money in this, but Angelico is the bounty hunter, I guess, because he's going to be taking on Christian cage 
one-on-one, I believe this is the first time ever. Uh, and yep. Helico even decides to, to dance in the middle of the, the match as well. Uh, and Helico versus Cage, there's lots of arm drags and arm twists, and Christian gets tired of it and just slaps him in the face. Christian goes for his patented sunset flip out the corner, but that's countered into the, the death roll, but then that's blocked. There's the classic tornado reverse DDT, like the slot drop out of the corner from Christian. And then not a frog splash, but a diving headbutt. Shout out Dynamite Kid. But it's a near fall. JR on commentary says he wouldn't be mad if no one ever did that move again. Yeah, he said a line like, oh, that's a really controversial move or something. He, yeah, he definitely pointed yeah. out the fact well, there's, that it should be done. Yeah, whether it's Dynamite Kid, Benoit, yeah. Or the fact that it, it looks like it hurts you more than it hurts the, the person. Uh, and Helico comes back with a series of roll-ups and more arm twists and shoulder breakage. But it's Christian who hits him with that, like, what is it, the Star Trek kick? Where you hit the guy in the corner and then he swings the ropes and kicks you in the mm-hmm. face. Eventually hits the flying elbow uppercut and then the kill switch and Christian Cage pins and Helico, but is instantly beaten up by Matt Hardy afterwards and the crew with a twist of fate. Um, goes for his submission, the leech, but Jungle Boy comes out for the save and scares them off. What did you think? Yeah, it should be noted that this was a tape show, so there was no fans. So they kind of went back to their original set. Like they went back to the two tunnels. Like there's no fans at all. It was just the roster ringside. Um, this match was okay for what it was. You know, cool to see like two styles. Like, and Helico doesn't really wrestle somebody with the likes of Christian Cage. So it was cool to kind of see it more grounded. Um, I, I, I know we're going to get it. I just don't want to see it. I'm sure you don't want to see Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage, but it looks like it's going to happen in some fashion. Um, why? Like, what's, what's, you know, what's the purpose of that? I don't see it. It's weird. I know they've obviously wrestled before in lots of tag team matches, Hardys and Christian and Edge and stuff, but singles matches, they've only ever wrestled like a few times one-on-one and it's not been for like long matches. So I I think a a singles match could be something that like maybe they kind of want to do to something they want to do together, but this isn't the right angle to make me excited for this. It's like what Matt Hardy is talking about Christian and having more money than Christian. I'm like, first of all, I don't, I need to see the receipts for that because I don't know. Christian, I know he left WWE, but then like went back and he had the Christian Ned show on the network. You know, he's got that WWE network money. What is, what is Matt Hardy talking about? I don't know. Made me question. Who do you think has more money, Matt Hardy or Christian? I don't know. I mean, he has that nice house, Matt Hardy, right? Old they do. Kid. Don't uh, get me wrong. getting money somewhere. I don't know where he got all that money. So um, he, maybe he saved it. Who knows? He keeps all his money in the dilapidated boat. <laughs> uh, I, I actually didn't mind this match because Angelico is someone who looks like a goof when he's just dancing and, and, and acting strange, but then he actually doesn't know how to wrestle. He's very technically sound. So uh, I thought this was pretty awesome. And I, Christian is someone I'm, I'm still kind of like not believing that he's here in AEW. It's almost like I'm waiting for him to not, it's, it's a joke or something. I don't know. I, I, I'm not believing that it's him, but I do like the fact that they're using him to just kind of help get Jungle Boy over in some way as well here. So not too bad. Jungle Boy looked like a star coming out in all black with the hair flowing for the save. Uh, yeah, he definitely stood out on this on this episode. Yeah. We get announcements for some on-the-road events for AEW, including a special called Road Rager, July 7th. Uh, they're traveling to a lot of places. They're going to, I think, North Carolina for Fight for the Fallen. They're going to, is it South Beach? Is that in like California? Where is that? So, so Road Rager is going to be in Miami. That's why they have the whole South Beach match that we're going to talk about later. And then Fighter Fest is two weeks back to back in Texas. And then Fight for the Fallen in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. 
so yeah, they're going all over the place, uh, which, which, Hey, if you can do it and we're all all right, we can open up and no mess and whatever, then fuck it. Why not go for it? Uh, so AEW has some, some cool shows coming in the near future, but we go to Tony Shivani who comes down to the ring and he, this is kind of weird for me. He introduces Cody and who Cody's coming out with, but <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like last week. Uh, was it last week with Andrade where Vicky goes, ah, 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 Andrade, ah, ah. and then you just hear Excalibur go, wait, did she say Andrade? I think she said Andrade. And then Andrade <laughs> comes out. It's like, no, let him come out first. And then you go, holy shit, it's Andrade. Right. So Tony goes, hey, here's Cody and a debuting Brock Anderson, the son of Arn Anderson. And then the guy comes out. It's like, well, wait a second. Couldn't you have just had him come out and go, oh, and this, like, Cody could have been like, yo, this guy. Right. It felt so weird. I don't know. Nitpicking. Yeah. But it was just, I was really confused. Uh, I was even more confused because the guy comes out <laughs> in fucking shorts. Looking like he, yeah. we were talking about the Hamptons. Brock Anderson oh straight from the Hamptons here. Uh, yeah. Obviously, um, Brock Anderson, the son of Arn Anderson, coming out here with the Nightmare family. Brock Anderson's dressing like Arn Anderson used to dress on Nitro. So maybe that's why he's wearing these shorts. Yeah, I mean, he looks just like his dad looked when he was 20 years old, just already balding in the shorts <laughs> and everything. The funny part is, like, they probably scripted it so that they had fans there but like when they introduced them like, like it's cody rhodes and the debuting brock and there was a pause anderson like uh, if there was fans there they might be like well what's going on here but he's been established before i guess he's kind of sat ringside and whatnot so people kind of have an idea of who he is but yeah they could have definitely handled the introduction to him they kept hyping it up as like some big horseman related um announcement that's coming this week so i guess you know, there was some hints at it, but yeah, they could have definitely presented a, li- a lot better. Like Cody probably would have been better talking about him first, hyping it up, and then he comes out. Yeah, I think there just would have been any, literally any other way than just having Tony go, hey, this guy's coming out. It's like, well, if he's coming out, he could have just came, uh, I don't know. But uh, I love how Cody comes out and he's got the USA fucking giant flag. flag yeah. Just insane. Uh, so I have, why is Brock dressed like that? Well, Brock comes out. Cody has the microphone and says he, you know, he, he beat Anthony Ogogo at the pay-per-view, but it seems like Anthony Ogogo has gotten the upper hand on him now, and he kind of wants some revenge. And this is when he's interrupted by QT Marshall, who now, uh, I believe the commentary team mentioned that he, they've all been instructed to call him QT Marshall, because that's his real yeah. name. He yeah, says a little backstage segment <laughs> with um, Tony and uh, QT on Dark, and he's like, "It's Marshall." So ever since Marshall, then, that's how they pronounce QT it. QT Marshall, yeah, not Marshall, Marshall, not like U.S. Marshals, but like Marshall. It's definitely <laughs> fancier. QT says, "Cody, I don't know what you're talking about because last week I pinned you all by myself. I'm sick and tired of these vanity projects and all this nepotism." Look, you skipped over guys like Agogo and Camarado and Solo to to help with your with your friend's kid. If this is continuously going. This is what I was talking about. You're skipping wrestlers. And we know the fans make Cody Rhodes. No, not the IWC, but the actual paying fans. Yeah. And I want a full house so I can whoop your ass. First of all, love the IWC mention line i'm actually mm-hmm. kind of shocked that they did that uh and then mentioning that 
he wants to fight Cody in a South Beach strap match. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen a South Beach strap match once or twice in Miami down there. But uh, this, you have know, you? We, was that even at a wrestling <laughs> event, or was that just <laughs> in no? It, it was. It was definitely. It was definitely not at a wrestling <laughs> event. You, you don't really like associate straps with South Beach. It's kind of weird. Like I can understand like like Texas or even like Caribbean strap match when Savio Vega did it, but a South Beach strap match seems a little rate, uh, a little weird. The the show title itself is Road Rager, which is like I don't understand. Like I know what Road Rage means, but what is that? have to do with miami i don't i don't, I couldn't really like get the correlation like what did you call it black bass batch the beach or whatever the beach yeah. show is called that they do um so red rager confuses me but i'm looking forward to this match i like the line where cody that you know a little asshole line where he was like oh gogo was the one that pinned me even though it was cutesy but he made it seem like it was a gogo because he got the cheap shot in on him yeah yeah he's like hey don't you forget it i'm the one who beat you fuck you uh i'm not sure what a south beach strap match is but um i know we just talked about uh, the Savio Vega strap match because we just reviewed one for In Your House against uh, not Stan Hansen, JBL Hawk <laughs> from Mind Games 1996. So, I mean, maybe they'll just do something similar to that. I just don't like the strap matches with the four corner thing. I think that's kind of silly. That's just me. Yeah, I don't think they don't usually do that because I know when they had the the bull rope match with, with Dustin, they made it a, a point that it wasn't like touch all four corners. Yeah. It was just like use it as a weapon. So I'm pretty sure this is how they do it. They had a strap match before in the past, right? Well, wasn't it Cody and who was yeah. that? Yeah, Brody. MJF? Well, that was the chain one. Sorry. That right, was right, the, right, right. The chain, yeah. But yeah, usually they don't really do the whole like four corner stipulation thing. So I'm sure it'll be a violent match. I thought QT sounded great, actually. I loved QT as this heel character. It works really well for me. It's someone that you look at and go, ah, he sucks. And then this whole t- heel turn character, it's almost like he ma- everything he says makes sense. So uh, I'm kind of for it. But a South Beach strap match. Uh, he goes to like fight them, and, and Cody says, we can do it right now, pulls his belt out. Uh, he gets a few cheap shots in and then runs off scared. So we're going to be seeing this feud continue. But... Uh, it's next week that it's going to be Cody and Brock Anderson versus, is it QT and I think Aaron Solo? Aaron Solo, yep. Yeah, so that we'll, we'll see the debut of Brock Anderson. Will he wear the shorts, the white boy summer look? White boy summer Brock Anderson is what this guy looks like. Uh, yeah, they're, I hope he's- they're like they're like one step closer to really doing the horseman they wanted to. I mean, they got Pillman right there. You could always do Brian Pillman and, and Brock Anderson, right? Uh, Blanchard, I mean... Maybe not uh, Blanchard, but you could definitely like bring in some of the uh, Andrade. I mean, he has the flair connection, right? You could, if they really wanted to wow. do like a, a a horseman like generational, they can do it. John, you you've been listening to me. You know, I love my my what is what I call it? My weird conspiracy thing. You just Sorry. sold me. You just sold me on this this alternate universe four horsemen. Andrade yep. should be the lead of of like a four horseman group, but will it be Brock Anderson? Sorry, you said, oh, yeah. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr.? Yeah. Yeah, who who would be the fourth? I mean, they could bring yeah. in Tessa if they really wanted to, but mm. uh, it's a little risky. Um, yeah. trying to think if there's other, any other horsemen that had kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe uh, maybe not David Benoit. But, uh, uh, but there's, there's, there's other wow. horsemen that had children, right? Yeah, yeah. Damn, Dean goes backstage doing something, so. Uh, at Up Next Podcast, who would you be the fourth in our strange alternate timeline for Horsemen? They can do it. Realistically, they can do this. It's like how WWE, they, they have the option to book all these matches if people are like Walter versus Joe, but then they just don't do it. And, and, and they just let it, the money fly away off the table. We go to our next match, the Death Triangle. Uh, 
they have a match. Well, part of the death triangle. It's going to be Penta, Pac, and Eddie Kingston with an insert promo that says, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And well, Penta, you're my best friend. My best friend, best friend. They are going to go up against the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. And they show a recap of the Brandon Cutler getting involved with the 4K camera. You know it hurts more if you get hit by a 4K camera. Isn't that, like the, isn't that like the new saying now the kids say like get caught in 4k i just heard that recently i'm like what does get that even caught mean? in 4k meaning like yeah. you got like you got filmed you got exposed like if gotcha. me and you started fighting in public and someone starts filming it's like yo you got caught in 4k or like mm. you know you're 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 stepping out on your girl and you get caught yo you got caught in 4k because you filmed Ooh. right you gotta be careful they can they can fit everything is filmed these days in the yes. world and they I'm still well they still only have that one picture of Big Show, uh, Bigfoot picking his nose. When we have everything <laughs> in 4K, we should. We are not sure about the UFOs though. So the Death Triangle uh, are going to be in this match, but the Young Bucks come out with Brandon Cutler, and he's in the match, and he's still just there to like help them do their entrance, which is really funny. Uh, he's got his face protector thing, which makes him look like a geek. It's hilarious. Don Callis joins the commentary booth, and we have the the Bucks just looking fly as hell i don't know what the hell's going on with there every time i watch the bucks their look just keeps getting more interesting and more interesting they got more tassels nick jackson's hair and beard macho man thing (laughs) very 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 strange uh the bucks start off they keep beating down on pack they're doing classic hulk hogan moves and stuff eddie kingston finally comes in hits belly to bellies exploder suplexes penta comes in here and he counters one move and in midair hits a Canadian destroyer. Just insane. The Penta driver or the made in Japan, which I think is the move that injured Brandon Cutler. Yeah. Uh, this is broken up for a near fall. There's then the step up tope by Penta. He's on fire. Pack up top hits the 450 splash and then turns it into the brutalizer. And this is where the Bucks try to break it up, but it's not working. Pack eventually breaks it up, sends them to the outside. And then Eddie and him do like in stereo topes, which is crazy seeing Eddie Kingston do. There's then the Bucks coming back with Cutler, like more bang for your buck, the Enziguri thing in the corner. Cutler goes for a Macho Man style elbow drop, but it's missed. There's then the, what does Eddie Kingston call his spinning back fist? They, they said something. I thought they, like, I never heard the name before, but they did mention something, something to do with King because, you know, he's yeah. a king, it was like the King's fist or something. I forgot King's what they called fist. it. But, yeah. yeah. N- not the Hadouken, but something like that. No. He hits that to Brandon Cutler and then they, they block the Bucks and then Pac picks up the win. So the Death Triangle beat the Bucks and Cutler with Eddie's help here. Uh, but after the match, the baddies beat up on, on I think, Pac and Kingston. But Kaz, Frankie Kazarian comes out in his... I want to say like his Champa inspired gear, meaning Kaz is rocking camo pants, black hoodie, because he is the elite hunter, the elite killer, the elite bounty hunter, the elite. Yeah, something. I thought it was Moxley for a second. Like, if you just look at the back of him with his hair yeah. and pants, and everything. is that Moxley already? But oh, yeah, because Aaron, I forgot that he's doing this. Um, yeah, this is probably my favorite match of the show. I enjoyed a lot of things about it. Obviously, when you have the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers or some variants of it, you're going to get a great match. You throw in Cutler, you throw in Kingston. I like how, like, um, like Cutler would like do moves with one of the Bucks as if the Bucks did it. Like they kind of like switched it up with the pairings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great, it was a great match. Definitely my favorite match of the show. I was hoping that maybe Don Callis on commentary would say something about Kenny Omega wrestling tonight. But you know, of course, they don't want to do that. Why would they want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I thought this was probably the match of the night for on the show as well. I I enjoyed Christian and and Helico, but this had more of your had your classic story of the baddies and there's such. 
they're such pricks. I love the Bucks when they're good guys and they're bad guys, but they definitely fill this heel role in so well. I love the fact that uh, ever since they said it in a promo, I think it was for Double or Nothing, like, look, our whole lives, you loved us because we're the underdogs. And now you're booing us because we, we, we got money to buy expensive shoes. Like, we're not heels. You guys are just crazy. I, I, I love that. And it's like, they're going further and further while piercings and dying in hair and everything. It's like, it's something that wrestling needs. And they're very good bad guys. And it makes me legitimately get angry at some of the things they do, which means I guess they're good heels. Effective heel work. Uh, overall, yep. I like this. And I guess it means that they have to defend their titles against these guys because they lost. So who would you, what team would that be? Um, I'm going to guess probably Eddie and Penta since they have the whole best friend connection. And then Phoenix is injured right now. So I can definitely see the combination of Eddie since Moxie's probably not going to be coming back anytime soon. I could see Kingston and Penta possibly I, fighting. I don't know. Uh, I, I, but Pac got the pin. So I imagine it's Penta mm. and Pac getting a rematch or something. Yeah, I, I can see that happening. Yeah. I don't know about Eddie, but he helped them win. But yeah, unless they do make it some sort of three-way on the line thing. Um, what about these, uh, the rumors of these trio titles coming to AEW? Are they going to be doing that? Yeah, I've been hearing that for the longest time. I mean, it makes perfect sense. There's so many like different factions and trios. They can definitely do it. Um, I don't know what they're waiting for. Maybe one of these big shows in July, they're going to introduce the concept of a tournament or something, their own King of Trios. Uh, shout out to that, uh, review you guys did very, very funny interview, uh, with, uh, David Portman being an owl, if you guys want to know, go go and listen to that. Oh, um, right. Yeah, yeah. King of Trio Chicago re- review that we did about two weeks ago. That was a lot of fun. But um, uh, yeah, I can definitely see these titles being being brought. But it's like, do you think that they have too many titles or run out of titles not really going to hurt them fuck, in any way? Fuck it. Do it. You got this other show coming that I'm probably yep. not going to watch. So just <laughs> like, just do it, uh, I guess. Um, overall, I thought this was fun. I like seeing the Bucks. I want to see a rematch now for the tag titles. I'm not really interested in the Kaz elite hunter thing. Like what? Yeah. Like, it's and really it was weird. like, there's, there's been no like update on Daniels. Like last we saw, they broke up. Obviously they can't be together, but Daniels kind of like just disappeared. Like, is he going to come back? Like, it's like the new Japan. What was it? Yoshi. Uh, oh, the Hunter. Yoshi Tatsu was like the Triple H Hunter or whatever he called himself. Yeah, yeah. Hunter, Hunter or Bullet Club <laughs> Hunter or something really. Stupid. Same idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much that. We get a double or nothing recap video, but this video was sent in from Don Callis and the Elite. So it's edited to make the highlights of the triple threat title match from the pay-per-view make it look like Kenny Omega is like this world otherworldly god baby face in the world of wrestling, and that the, it's a conspiracy thing. So it's like a altered edited video to make it look like Kenny and Don are the good guys and that the referees and everyone involved backstage at AEW wanted uh, Kenny to be screwed out of this championship. Uh, this was quite funny. It's like all these edits and stuff. Cause if you're watching this, imagine just some wrestling fan tuning in. They're like, Oh, this Kenny's the good guy. Kenny Omega. Yeah. This great Kenny Omega. I keep hearing about, I guess he's the good guy here. It's like, no, 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 no. he's, he's not, but this is the edited form. Uh, it, I thought it was funny. What did you think? I thought this was hilarious. Even when it started off, it said, instead of Nakazawa, it said directed by Michael Kurosawa. Kurosawa being the director of uh, Seven Samurai and Yojimbo. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's great. Like, at least some people are going to get that. Like, Kurosawa? Wow. 
then you have like these exchanges between Don Callis and Bryce Rensburg, but you had the subtitles that say things like Bryce is saying, I hate you, Kenny. I want Kenny to lose the belt. And then like the crowd is like, thank you, Don. They, like, I thought that was hilarious. The fact that like they edited the subtitles, like that just made it hilarious. Yeah. Like this shot of when Kenny gets the win and then like he wins, like when you watch the pay-per-view, people were booing because it was. Like, yeah. They cut to like fans cheering. And then it cuts and people were like doing the yes chance. They're like, oh my God. It's like someone crying because Kenny wins. It's so funny. <laughs> That uh, was great. Yeah. So when they play that commentary, are like, uh, that's a little, that's a little suspicious. I don't know about that video. Suspect. We go to the pinnacle who showed up today in a limo. Uh, the first shot of the show I, I kind of glossed over was the pinnacle showing up in this white limo. Uh, you know, I've judged limos here on AEW dynamite. I myself, I'm a podcaster. I am not a rich man, but I've had, Moments in my life, maybe like three times, four times that I've been in a limo. And I said that when I saw the elite show up in a limo, that their limo looked kind of weak. Like if these guys are champions and running this company, they should have limos that look better than limos I've been. That's just how I view it. Yeah. Pinnacle show up with a white limo with just a, a sticker on the front of it that says Pinnacle. So they didn't go to a decal place. They didn't do any of that. They just got some guy to put a sticker. Now, you know, I love nitpicking on my wrestling shows. You ever get your screen, you get the phone protector screen. Protector uh -oh, things? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like the guy at the store is like, hey, do you want me to put the screen protector on for you so you don't get the bubbles? But yep. if I do get any bubbles, like it's not my fault because like they're kind of inevitable. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. And then I go home and I put the screen protector on. And then there's, of course, a bubble. And I'm like, now, now I'm going to have to live with this bubble on my screen protector. Well, that's what happened to the Pinnacle limo. Because there was just bubbles of, of the sticker was not properly put on. I'm nitpicking the fuck out of this. But like, but, I was so just like, saying, what? So you're saying that MGF didn't want to pay for it. And Sean Spears put it on himself. And that's how it came out. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. It's, Sean it's, Spears it's funny. It's funny you say that. One of my old jobs, I worked with cell phones, and one of the things I did was like do the installs. And every time, like they'd be like, "Oh, can you put the screen on for me?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, but that's gonna cost like fifteen bucks." And they're like, 15 bucks? I'm not paying that. I'll do it myself." And then five minutes later, they're just like, "Yeah, it's all crooked and there's bubbles. Can you just stop paying the fifteen yeah. bucks? Can you do it for me?" Because it's it's kind of hard to like clean off. You gotta clean it off. You gotta take all the dust spectacle specs off and everything. Yeah. So it's definitely it's not as simple as it looks. And this obviously wasn't simple either because they just put on a, a crooked sticker on the hood. It's like. Uh... I get it because the segment coming forward is spoilers. The car, the limo is going to get smashed up. So it's like, I get it. But no one goes, yo, we, we rented this limo that we drive around in. Let's put this like shitty sticker decal on it. Like uh, it just, it looked, it looked campy. And like, you, maybe you just didn't need to show up in, maybe you just need to show up in a nice car with all you guys. And I don't know. I just found it. It was such a small thing, but I was like, dude, that looks like, that looks so lame. It's like when, when you're your your kid who just graduated high school or college, so they're like, "Hey, better put this sticker on the car," you know, or <laughs> "Baby on board," "Pinnacle on board." It was just weird. Uh, but this is me nitpicking this show uh, because then the Pinnacle come out and they look pretty. Uh, they look pretty fly. They all come down to the ring, but they're not in a good mood. As FTR start Scott Dawson or Dax the X, he says, "All right, didn't go as planned that stadium stampede. We lost." But it doesn't mean we're, we're done here because uh, we want some revenge on Proud and Powerful. You've been here longer than us and we've been champions. What have you done? Huh? Nothing. 
So they're basically, there's some challenges laid out for individual matches between two teams and they're pretty upset. I, I liked, uh, I love Scott Dawson on the microphone. I think he's one of the best at getting something over um, and calls proud and powerful out. So I hope this is leading to a, just a tag match between these two teams. Sean Spears said, Sammy Guevara, you got lucky. All you are is some kid with a vlog. Uh, and then everyone cuts him off. They're like, Sean, shut the fuck up. It's <laughs> still pissed at him for putting the sticker on wrong on the hood. <laughs> <laughs> they should be pissed at him for losing at Sam Tempe. He was the guy that. who was pinned, right? Yeah. Wardlow yeah. says, hey, Jake Hager, you fought me everywhere, even in your own places like a fridge or freezer. So in one week, I accept your challenge. Whether it's a football field, a freezer, or an octagon, you're always in Wardlow's world. And they later announced that next week on Dynamite is a MMA cage match. MMA rules, fight pit style match. Hager, Wardlow, one-on-one. Which sounds Yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to that. I, I mean, we've never seen like their version of it, AEW's version. So are they going to take it more seriously? Are we going to get a guest enforcer like a Shamrock or... A- Kurt Angle or Steve Blackman, yeah. who knows? Because usually that's what they do with these things, right? You're bringing out somebody with history to kind of like look over it. And Kurt Angle makes sense because you got Hager in there. But uh, I don't know. Is, is this going to be like pre-taped? I don't know. I have, I'm really interested in how they're going to do this whole cage match thing. Angle was in the, the ref for the one fight pit, right? For the fight pit, yeah. Yeah, with Riddle. Yeah, that's right. I see. Uh, I I've glossed over something that uh, – who's the other guy in FTR? Not Dax. I keep getting uh, the cash. Cash. Wheel, cash. Yeah. Right? Fire Frank in the Twitch and saying you're I'm, I missed over a line when he's like, you guys got to, you know, make money and support your family. I don't have a family. <laughs> reminding yeah, my, he pretty much is pretty much a Braden Harrington. Yeah, line, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was reminding myself of all he needed to say is kids. Fuck your kids. I don't care about <laughs> MJF grabs a microphone after Wardlow and says, uh, look, Jericho, I looked up to you you were my idol as a kid and going back to that aew jacksonville rally where you came out and announced that you were joining AEW, and and i watched you and i met you backstage and i realized that you were just another one of these people you suck you're just a man and i don't care about you i you don't you shouldn't meet your idols and you want to match with me i don't want it but however sammy Guevara, you have some speaking skills as good as Helen Keller. So next time you say my name, keep my name out of your mouth, essentially, is what he says. And it looks like he's going to accept that match. Uh, being really mean to Sammy Guevara, essentially. Yeah, like, MJF's always mean. Like the same thing happened, I guess, like last week when, when, the, when the Inner Circle did the promos. Like they're all kind of, you can tell who's going to fight with who. Obviously, you have. Uh, Jake and Wardlow and the, the tag teams and everything. But when it comes to Sammy, it's like it's kind of bouncing between MJF and Jericho, which makes me think that maybe Jericho is going to take some time off or do something because Jericho made the challenge to MJF and MJF said, no, I want to fight Sammy instead. It was kind of interesting with that whole dynamic what's going on with those three, at least. Yeah, well, even Helen Keller could see what's about to happen next as the inner circle show up on the Titan Tron and say, hey guys, uh, we love your limo and apparently you don't want our matches. Well, we're going to do this. So they start to destroy the Pinnacles limo. They take baseball bats, sledgehammers, all the whole inner circle are doing this. And then the biggest pop of the night, I think it was Ortiz, 
who grabs a black spray paint can and on the side of the white limo does not spray paint inner circle, does not spray paint poopy, but spray paints El Barto. <laughs> that was funny. I'll be honest. I didn't catch that at first. I thought he put El Barrio, like our hood. But yeah. uh, Fire Frank, you know, Big Simpsons Mark was like, El Barto. And he El Barto. put me in the whole thing and everything. I'm like, that's hilarious. Uh, so for those not familiar, it's something that I remember, especially even in the comic books that I, I was obsessed with uh, Bart Simpson comic books as well. He would always spray paint El Barto. So this is clearly just him getting a little, I don't know, weird little Easter egg in here. Thought it was hilarious. Then Jake Hager shows up in a forklift with <laughs> shades on. This should have been the picture for the show. Hager's just in shades in nighttime, driving a forklift. Then he crashes into the limo. He lifts it up. He throws it down. I caramba. It crashes. And then the camera cuts to Jericho, who says, hey, Pinnacle, you better call an Uber. And Sammy says, MJF, I'll fight you any day of the week, you little company bitch. So, and the Pinnacle are just in the ring the whole time being like, ah. Fuck, that sucks. Yeah, I'm, I've never taken a forklift training course, but I'm pretty sure it's not safe to put on sunglasses while operating a forklift in the middle of the night, mind you. Um, so that was a, that was weird. And then Tony Schiavone was like, I guess never saw anything in the Attitude Era because he's like, I've never seen anything like this when it was happening every week on Nitro and Raw for like four years. Yeah, this is very WCW. I, I didn't mind this, actually. It, I, it was you cool. kinda, I like Yeah, it. yeah. Like you kind of knew where it was going right away with the, the whole limo thing. Uh, but the guys beat it up and they want their, their match with you and, and stuff. So I, I can say it was, it wasn't, this wasn't bad. This is what classic wrestling is to me, beating up each other's, uh, cars and limos. Well, I think it was cool, but I feel like the pinnacle and inner circle are literally going through everything that happened in the attitude era. You had the beer ba- a bash thing yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Now you have this thing. So what, <laughs> what are they going to do next? Are they going to like, uh, uh, hang MJ up to a cross or something? Or like, <laughs> like I'm trying to figure out what else attitude era, big stuff they can pull off. They're going to, like, marry someone in a chapel of love. There's, what else happens? Someone's going to give birth to a hand. What other big thing happens in Attitude Era? Katie Vick. Yeah, they could do some sort of Katie Vick storyline. They could be like, hey, hey, Cash, you said you didn't have a family. When we, we did some digging, we got Christopher Daniels, who's really good at that, to do some digging. And it turns out you do have a family. This whole other life, you're a liar and you're. A hey, maybe this time they can reveal the higher power and it actually is Christopher Daniels this time. Yeah, like there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It could be that. Uh, I, they are just going through old attitude era stuff, but uh, it was fine. I like. Yeah, that. it's yeah. whatever. It's it didn't it didn't bother me. Uh, I I like seeing some of this stuff. I want to see some of these matches. FTR versus PNP sounds great, and yeah. the cage fight sounds fun. We go to Sting and Darby. Darby and his dad, Sting and Darby are just in this, like, uh, their area where they had the street fight. They hang around this, like, window thing. Oh, this was kind of weird. Darby says, Sting, uh, they, they want th- those men of the year guys want to match with us. And uh, I'm not replacing you. I just want you to stay home. I'm going to fight, fight both of them. Sting's like, huh? The fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're a liability. You're old as, as shit. You need to go home, and I'm going to fight these two guys by myself. Sting's like, dude, what are you talking about? You have nothing to prove. No, I have everything to prove, Sting. No, Darby, you were champ before I even walked in the door. You were champ. You were the guy. It's not about me. You have nothing to prove. Look, Sting, it's not about that. 
just stay home. Sting's like, look, Darby, I'm not letting you go hang out with these guys by yourself. You need an adult and a chaperone present. I'm sorry. Uh, so Darby's going to fight both of these guys. I, I, I fear I'm going to have the same conversation with Lorenzo one day. He's going to like want to go to the movies by himself. He's like, Dad, just just stay home. And I'll be like, fine, I'll stay home. Like, this, this is hilarious. Obviously, it wasn't scripted. They're just kind of like going off the cuff. But like, it reminds me of like when two friends like having a little argument and like they're still trying to get along, but they're like, you can tell there's some tension between them. Um, it was hilarious. But uh, yeah, Darby, I mean, going into this match two on one, not smart. You have the whole ro- roster of people he could choose from and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to partner. Yeah, it was really weird. So he wants to fight both of them, and he's telling Sting, don't show up. It'll be fine. This is like every like 80s, 90s action movie where the good guy's like, look, I don't need your help. And then they go, and they're fighting, and they're putting up a really strong effort, but then he's, he's getting beat up or double teamed or whatever, and then the good guy's friend that he said stay home shows up anyways. He says, I told you to stay home. Well, I didn't. That's, that's what I'm imagining is happening. So maybe maybe Sting stays home, but like Surfer Sting or like Steve Borden shows up instead. Skater Skater <laughs> Sting. A different version of Sting comes out. I hope Darby's been teaching Sting how to board again. Just how to skate. Skate or die, Sting. Skate or die. <laughs> we go to the TNT title match. It is Miro, the champ, defending against Evil Uno from the Dark Order. Uh, the Dark Order let him out to the ring and then they they say good luck and they wish him luck negative one is hanging around too uno just starts to chop at miro but miro is a monster and decides to no sell it and then he just starts to punch the shit out of uno gut shots all around the ring but then uno ducks one and miro punches the ring post which gives uno some offense he does a senton off the apron but as he gets him in the ring it's miro who's just throwing him around back suplexes just huge kicks Miro hits a, a drop kick actually which was pretty like man Miro's got some hops uh hitting him there there's then the dark order who check on Uno to like get him in to make the 10 count which he does he hits Miro with a boot just like Brody Lee and then the senton bomb off the top for a near fall there's then uh, like a, a spot where he gets Miro thrown into the exposed turnbuckle that Miro threw away but then he goes for the the discus Brody Lee lariat but Miro just no-sells it and then locks in the game over, bends this dude backwards, makes him humble, and Uno taps out as the Dark Order are all sad here. But Miro, while like making him tap, is like waving and smiling at the Dark Order while upside down doing the submission <laughs> hold. Negative one was really sad, but... Yeah, Alas. well, he's, he should be happy he's finally allowed back at shows again because they, they asked true. his mother, like, why he hasn't been around. Supposedly his grades were failing, so they had to keep him off TV so he got his stuff up. Um, I like this match. I mean, the story of the match is great. They had a the little video before of, like, Evil Uno was saying how he's doing this in honor of Brody and everything. I like the story going into it. I'm obviously trying to get the title back in Brody's honor, but I don't think Evil Uno is the right person for it, and especially right now that uh, Miro's reign just started. I can see down the line in a couple months somebody like uh, 10, Preston Vance, maybe even unmasking and saying, hey, I'm going to do this in Brody's honor, and then finally win the title. And you had this big celebration in front of fans uh, in Brody's honor. So I definitely like the story going into it. I just didn't think realistically Evil Uno had a chance at all. Yeah, yeah, like no, no disrespect to Evil Uno. I love, I love him, and I love the the Dark Order stuff. But yeah, definitely, this was just to get Miro another uh, title defense. But I guess outside of uh, like Hangman, who's still like in the Dark Order, but kind of still his own thing as well. I'd still say John Silver would be the big star to push from the Dark Order, in my opinion. 
Um, but yeah, any of see that as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see what happens if they, we'll see more dark order later, but we go to a video for Andrade. It's a vignette. Uh, this was pretty cool. I was not a big fan of his debut last, last week. In fact, I, I shit on it on up next. And then this week I was like eating breakfast one day and my YouTube ended playing a music video and then started playing AEW clips. And it played. So I rewatched his debut. I was like, let me mm-hmm. see if it was as bad as I thought it was. I still did not like it. I still did not understand why Mark Henry leads to Vicky, leads to Andrade. I just did not get that at all. Uh, but in this video is something that they could have just showed. And then he walked out because this is him yeah. like put, slowly putting on his jewelry and like his 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 gold. And uh, I love that I um, always buy Calvin Klein underwear because I love <laughs> Back to the Future. But I, I love everything in black. My T-shirt's black, my hat's black, everything. And I always rock black Calvins. And I feel like a lot of wrestlers do too. Every time a wrestler shows his underwear, they're Calvins. Yep. So Calvins yep. are just always forever timeless. Andrade rocking the black Calvins. He is, is, like I said, getting his suit on. He's looking all like really heelish, really flashy, looking like a, like a Batman villain or something. And yeah. it says Andrade, face of Latinos. And next week he will be in the ring for a one-on-one conversation with good old JR. Yeah, it definitely. When you said Batman villain, the first person I thought it was Black Mask because he had like the, the striped suit with the black gloves and everything. They should have showed this last week and not tell you who it is. But you kind of like have an idea like maybe it's him because he has like the La Sombra colors and everything. I would have showed this for a couple weeks tease it. And then yeah. eventually when you're in front of crowds in Miami, Miami would have been perfect for him. He comes out of Miami and the crowd goes crazy. Yeah, 100%. You're totally right. You should have just aired these videos. You, We all kind of know who it is. We go, ah, it's probably Andrade. That's who it is. And then, boom, he comes out. It's like, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. What they did last week was so weird. It was so backwards. It's like backwards, yeah. felt like they just did it for, for whatever reason. Uh, I, 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 I like your idea for having a four horsemen with Andrade. Uh, someone in the chat, I think it's I've, Inve, Inves in the chat, Loco, says, hey, what about Andrade joining with the Lucha Bros? His, his thing is the, the face of Latinos. So, I mean, you could do the whole, like, yeah. uh, lucha bro evil heel stable but i know they got the death triangle and stuff like that but uh no more vicky get rid of vicky with him they didn't show vicky or mention vicky here at all yeah uh, i don't know if she's supposed to be like what his translator he talked some english last week and it was fine uh so please no more vicky just no vicky. yeah I'm, I'm hoping they get enough backlash for just like yeah let's not do this because she introduced him but you kind of had an idea she was going to be with him but I hope they could just like pretend that didn't happen to have andrade by himself he doesn't need anybody I mean, Vicky worked so well when she did this exact gimmick with Eric Escobar, right? <laughs> That's the first so, image I thought of. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was the total thing. Uh, it was. The, I was like, wait, are they just trying to do that? That was weird. Uh, I love Andrade. I think he's someone who could be a huge star in wrestling. So underrated and undervalued where he was. And I'm looking to see him do good things. More uh, evil villain, you know, black leather gloves, suits, jewelry, less... Uh, face of Latinos and Vicky Guerrero and stuff like make your own, make your own character. Don't try to just be all sorts of different things. You're, you're, he's on the right track and I, I'm, I'm loving it so far, except for that debut. <laughs> we go to <laughs> Tony, who's a busy man tonight. He's in the ring and out comes the world champion, <coughs> Kenny Omega, who comes out with Don Callis. And Kenny's rocking a great suit here. It's like a baby blue with like a red button-up shirt. Uh, looking fantastic. Looking like a true world champion. 
John Callis, uh, was he missing his hair that I saw in a recent picture picture of him for that impact thing? <laughs> Um, what, the, the Goodfellas poster that they did, you mean? Yeah, Impact said they had a summit or something, and the, mm-hmm. they must have photoshopped hair on him, right? Or was it an old photo? I don't know. It's it looked, looked probably good. an old photo. Probably his, his Cyrus Jackal days. Is Don done with Impact? He No, they said that he's not an executive anymore, but he's still showing up on the show. So maybe okay. he's just working, like, whatever, but he's not an actual VP anymore as far as I know. Got you. Well, Don Callis and Kenny Omega start talking about how Jungle Boy is just like the singer of his theme song, Baltimore, a one-hit wonder. Boo. Mm. Kenny says, Jungle Boy, you got luscious, long locks of hair, a great underwear model body. You remind me a lot of a young Kenny Omega, says Kenny. But you lack something that I have. Jungle Boy, you don't have the guts. So this prompts Jungle Boy to come on out here with, yes, luscious, long locks of hair. But in all black, black jeans, black T-shirt, this guy looked, like, serious. It made him stand out. It made him look like a total gangster. He comes out. Kenny says, whoa, 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 I know you're going to want to talk, but I know that you're just not a promo guy. You're not someone who talks. You're not that kind of person. So I don't even know what you would want to say to me. You're going to you're going to do the 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 beat up the bad guy. You're going to try to out talk me with some witty lines. What are you going to do, Jungle Boy? Jungle Boy grabs the microphone. And you talk too much. <laughs> Cue the Botchamania music. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get on Botchamania, I feel like. I don't talk too much. What are you talking? And Kenny goes to attack him. Jungle Boy drops him. Tries to go for the snare trap, but the Young Bucks come out to chase him off for the save, and Kenny stares him down. So in like two weeks, Jungle Boy will challenge Kenny for the AEW title. Uh, what did you think of this segment? I liked it. Just like you said, like the first time we've seen Jungle Boy like out of his like jungle clothes, I guess you can say, and he actually looks like a decent human being. I'm actually glad he didn't come out with um, Marco and Luchasaurus. Nothing against them, but I feel like whenever he comes out with them, it's like, here are my friends. Like, you know, have Jungle Boy by himself and establishes himself. Maybe we could probably get that six man down the line. But I like how they actually had Jungle Boy seem like a serious person. He's been one of my favorite people in AEW since the start. And I'm happy he's going to get this title match in front of a live crowd. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this match. I think this is going to be Jungle Boy's probably like biggest moments of his career. Definitely. Definitely. I, I love the the Jurassic Express stuff. Sometimes week to week watching a guy in a dinosaur and like a little kid and this guy with the jungle Tarzan gimmick, it is a little strange. So it is nice and refreshing to see him like, Oh, I'm, I'm getting a title shot. I'm going to like not dress in my Tarzan speedo and go, Oh, I'm going to come out like dressed like a guy who, you know, dress for the job you want, right. Not the job you have. And that's definitely what, what he was doing here. He looked like a complete star. He wasn't even wearing like one of his, PWT shirts or anything. Like he no. was just like he was he was dressed to to kill essentially. Uh, and I love Jungle Boy. He's one of the best things that they have in AEW going. And I think they're doing a good job putting him in this little thing, teasing this, letting him get like some near falls with Kenny. I I personally don't see him beating Kenny, obviously, but I believe he will and they will put on a great match. And I'm super looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I think this guy is a, a big star, and it's not just because uh, my mom was a big fan of his dad on 90210. Um, overall, I, I, I like this. I like Kenny as this dickhead. Uh, and I think he's, is his match with Moose this weekend? 
It's tonight. The match is tonight. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. by the time you're listening to this, yeah. Uh, we'll see if he still has all these titles. We go to Jade and her manager. Who is this? Mark Sterling? What's this guy's name? <laughs> yeah, they call him Smart Mark Sterling now. That's his, uh, Smart his Mark name. Sterling. He says they're working on their monetization plans and that Jade has a great catchphrase that's going to take them all the way. And you know what her catchphrase is, John? What What's her catchphrase? I'm that bitch. I'm that bitch. Um, so... Yeah, what's gonna happen uh, with? I don't. I don't really care. What they, sh- what, what, what they should do realistically, they should do like a storyline where like Mark Sterling trademarks the word "bitch" because it's used so many times in wrestling. So whenever somebody says it, they have to like, like cut her a check. Oh yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I'm. I don't know. I kind of want to see Jade with like Mark Henry. I know that sounds like a little weird pairing, but he's the one to discover her, and I feel like he could definitely be a better representation than Mark Sterling. Like, just seems like a weird fit. Like, what's the point of this? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not too familiar with this guy. I know they're going for like kind of being internet words and stuff, smart marks and, and stuff like that. But uh, she's, she just comes out and says the same thing every week where it's like, I'd rather see you improve in the ring than just keep saying you're that bitch. Uh, I know that that's a saying that was a saying before she came on the scene to AW outside of wrestling. But realistically, all you're saying is I'm that bitch. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, yeah, it's nothing that's, you know, she did the same thing last week. Like she said it for like monetary reasons. I don't know. I don't understand what's going on with this. Like it's a weird story. Hopefully she can evolve to something more serious. Everyone's got to have a catchphrase though. Just like the men of the year. They say, uh, well, first of all, these are the two guys, Scorpio sky and all ego, Ethan page. They say, Darby, you're an idiot. You want to fight us by yourself? You've jumped out of windows, out of cars. You've been on fire. You've done some stupid things, but trying to fight us both may be the dumbest thing ever. We know you're a little butthurt when we we made you lose the TNT title. We said some mean things to you, and we got under your skin. And, well, when you get in the ring with us, we're going to end your career. We're going to kill you. Uh, and then they end with a new catchphrase of theirs, which is now I'm, I didn't even write it down because I, I didn't really care. Um, is it your your end is near when you face the men of the, the, men year? Of the year or something? Yeah, that's like a new name they're going with. I guess it's their official tag name with their Tron and everything. Um, men yeah, of the I year. Men of the year. M-O-T-Y. Not match of the year. Men of the year. Men of the year. Yeah, overall, a great promo. I think Ethan Page is really good when he talks. Scorpio Sky is coming into his own finally, I think. Um, yeah, I like that. I think they're just, they're just going to destroy Darby next week. Honestly, I think it's just going to be a total like demo, de- you know, demolish him, and then Sting's obviously going to have to come back, or somebody's going to come out and save him, which might be the person that wrestles next, Lance Archer. So I feel like he kind of was in this storyline for a little bit, then kind of like stepped out of it. Yeah, which oh yeah, that was the thing. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. We go to what? What are these guys? Uh, sorry. Oh wait, no. There's another. There's actually a match that. Uh, yeah. Was... If you blink, you might have missed it. Lance Archer destroyed Chandler Hopkins, who's been on AEW Dark in the past for like like literally twenty seconds. He comes out, pin, beats him up, pins him, and that's it. That was it. He, he Lance Archer eats this guy. Uh, yeah. Could he be any more blacked out from getting this blackout and choke slam? Poor Chandler. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super into Lance Archer. I can't say, uh, this did nothing. Yeah. He's been doing the same thing since he started. It's like, 
okay yeah. like now what can you fight real people can like real wrestlers like no that's the thing that, those, yeah, yeah. That, like even even <laughs> uh, even back in his tna days through his new japan run like he's got a great look he's scary he yells everybody dies roar but when it comes to like putting on like long actual matches they usually don't really do too much except make me really tired or look on my phone uh we go to i don't i don't know the actual name of these guys are they calling themselves the wingmen the wingmen. Yeah, they originally were called Pretty Picture, then they started calling themselves the wingmen for whatever reason. But yes, Cesar Bononi, Pretty Peter Avalon, uh, Ryan Nemeth, and J.D. Drake. I used to know someone who used to go, but he had a, a group of friends called the wingmen. It was a show. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so the Hollywood hunk uh, is Ryan Nemeth. And he says, uh, is, who's he calling out here? He's, he's Orange he Cassidy. To- yeah, yeah, because Orange Cassidy has a match with Cesar Bononi next week, so they were saying like, uh, "We're gonna give you a makeover. Uh, either we can rearrange your wardrobe, or then Cesar Bononi comes in and says, oh, I can rearrange your face.' Like this I made like me Cesar laugh Bononi, but He has a yeah, he has a funny way of talking. He has like a little lisp. Um, nothing funny about lisp, but I feel like whenever he tries to be menacing, he doesn't really. He kind of reminds me of when Jake Hager first started the Swagger. It's like eh, maybe you shouldn't really be yelling and talking. You don't seem too uh, menacing. Yeah, I didn't notice that about Caesar Bononi. But what I did m- mention, notice is he's like, we're going to rearrange your face as he like steps in and takes his shades off. And it's like, yo, Bononi, uh, someone rearranged your face, dude, because he's got like this shiner. His eye is blacked out. It's like literally of all the things you could have said, don't make fun of rearranging someone's face because your face looks like dog food right now. He is a handsome man, but holy what happened? I don't want Dark. Did someone fucking hit him in the face? Yeah. No, he he, he showed up on Dark with it as well. And they said he had a little accident uh, during training, I guess. Somebody must what have What the hell? Him. Yeah, very Are funny. That, that's the line he's going to tell someone. He's going to rearrange their face when his face looks like that. Great stuff. Uh, I like J.D. Drake, the chunk in this group. What's his name? Is that what they're called? The hunk in the chunk? Um, yeah. <laughs> I still can't. I, I, I still can't tell if Ryan Nemeth is wearing a hairpiece or not. You think he is? And maybe I wouldn't be surprised. He's in Hollywood. He's, he's doing movies. <laughs> the front looks like it's something he attaches onto his head to make it do that like winged lip thing. I could be wrong, but someone tell me this is a conspiracy. Hairgate. Uh, Ryan <laughs> Nemeth is pretty funny, especially on the uh, what being the elite Hollywood hunk trivia mm-hmm. things. So Orange Cassidy versus Benoni next week sounds great. We go to Nyla Rose versus Layla Hirsch. So Nyla Rose got involved with the hamburger fiasco, the McDonald's Big Mac thing. She was throwing burgers all over the place. She wants a title shot against Britt Baker. But tonight she's going up against too legit Layla Hirsch. Uh, Layla goes for this tope early on, but it gets caught and then just swung into the guardrail from after an armbar attempt, which looked great. Uh, There's a drop kick in the corner, but then Nyla comes back by biting Layla biting her hands, biting her fingers. Layla comes back with this crazy like rope into a German suplex, which looked cool. There's a moonsault, which looks awesome, but does no effect to Nyla because the size difference here is is a lot. There's then this armbar triangle that's countered into tornado bomb for a near fall. And then they're fighting up top and there is an avalanche beast bomb and Rose pins Hirsch. Yeah, I actually enjoyed this match. It was, you know, it was, it was pretty short, but I like like both these ladies were really good in this match. When the match started, uh, Nyla and Vicky brought out like a little step stool that said like legit shorty on it because they're making fun of a uh, Hirsch's height. Um, uh, but the match was great. Yeah, the crowd was really behind her. They're they're chanting too legit at one point. 
Um, so I think that Lay- Layla Harris might be one of the, the the women here that might get over the most when they go back to on tour. Yeah, uh, she's she is small. I had to Google. Yeah. I, I was like, she's four eleven. Yeah, she's really small. <laughs> that's crazy, but she can she can wrestle. Uh, I oh, yeah. love her wrestling. So yeah, that's all that matters to me. Like some of these moves that she was hitting. Again, the size difference and hitting a German on, on Nyla looked pretty impressive. But obviously, I guess they're leading to Nyla versus Britt Baker as maybe one of her first title defenses going forward. And that's exactly what it seems they're doing because right after this match, it cuts to Tony backstage with Britt Baker and Rebel. Don't call her Reba. Britt Baker says, hey, uh, this, this is really funny. Nyla, you looked good flipping burgers last week you might want to look into a career doing that because you're nowhere in my league you're not even near me you're just another jealous bitch on the block they say the title makes the the woman well this woman made this title this is a new era in the women's division and i'm the leader and uh you're nothing so uh get lost Essentially, so I, I think they're going to go to the towards this match. But who's the bad guy? Who's the baby face here? Yeah, that's that's the weird part about it. Like last week, I had a perfect opportunity with with um, Britt Baker celebration with all those heels in the ring. She could have just turned on them on kind of baby face promo. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a match we're going to because you know, she, if somebody touched my burgers, I definitely want to fight them too. But um, <laughs> yeah, who do we cheer? I mean, they're going to obviously cheer for uh, Britt, but she's not really playing the whole baby face role. She's kind of like you know, still like a heelish. You know, bitch, I guess. You know, I got to pay Jay Cargo now for saying that. But that's uh, how she's acting. That's how yeah. she's acting. She's not really, not really babyface yet, which I was kind of hoping she would become after winning the title. She's one of these, like, anti anti heroes, the bad guy that you like to cheer for. Then you're just going to stick with that for a little while. Uh, I, I love her promo. And she's, t- she's totally right. Uh, the title was not doing much. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, you're making the championship feel like a championship again yep uh, i'm interested in, in that match i think Britt will obviously retain what's the all-out match for Britt? i would do jade if they if they start like hyping her up now as like a serious like heel and have her actually like beat a lot of like faces like layla hirsch and you know thunder rosa and have a build to that match but you do have the thunder rosa thing in the back pocket because she did say she's gonna fight the winner of it yeah. and now you have another like serena deeb actually just dropped the nwa title as well so she might be fighting full-time in aw so you, you know you, could, you know you have a lot of people you can go down down the road to but me personally i would like to see jade um and that's enough time between now and september i think to hype her up as like a serious heel like i said maybe put a mark henry behind her somebody who's actually gonna like you know treat her as a serious act and that at that point Britt baker would have to be a full established baby face to do that match though yeah i I, I want to see Britt Baker turn back, but I think she's m- way more natural in this heel character and definitely fitting it. So it's also, it's, it's kind of making me go, ooh, maybe don't turn her just yet because the natural story for me for All Out would be Thunder Rosa being right. like, hey, I beat you, wasn't on the books, but everyone knows, so let's do it one more time. It's the match that like, you know, made a lot of people talk. We could do it one more time at pay-per-view. So Thunder Rosa would naturally be the baby face in that, so... That's why I think maybe keep Britt Baker, this heel character, throughout the summer, lead into this uh, rematch. Yeah, it, sh- it should be interesting also that like they on NWA this past week, they had Mickey James show up and said she's going to be an executive producer for an all-women's pay-per-view at the end of August. And Billy Corgan said some sort of line like, it doesn't matter if their contract 
contract to somewhere else. We want the best women in the world. So I could see like something like a Britt Baker being on that show, defending her title, um, and a whole bunch of other AEW women on that show as well. That could be a you know a match you could do there. You could do Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker at a NWA pay per view. Yeah, that be that could be something. And then uh, Triple H was asked about that, and he's like, <laughs> oh, "What do we do an all men's show? No, uh, uh, you kind of do." A lot. Yeah. Every lot. week, actually. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch 205 Live, but you do. <laughs> yeah, there's probably ladies like once or twice on that show's yeah. history. <laughs> uh, so we get a bunch of an- match announcements for next week's Dynamite. Again, in two weeks, it's going to be the Saturday night special with uh, Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega for the title. I believe next week's Saturday as well. No, next week it's next, Friday. Next week yeah. is Friday. Yeah. yeah. Next week is, they, they take these shows like last week, like. This yesterday's episode, and next week's episode, have been in a can for a while, but they're going to finally go live on that Saturday show. But for next week, they're going to go back to Friday. Yeah, uh, and I feel like um, I feel like next week's doesn't look that strong. It's got this MMA cage fight, but a lot of these other matches didn't really make me get. Yeah, excited. you have <laughs> you have you have a uh, Penta Eddie and Frankie versus Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers. That's interesting. That it's just Matt in that match. Uh, the Andrade sit down with JR, Orange Cassidy, Cesar Bononi, Darby's handicap match against the men of the year, the MMA match, and then Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson versus QT and Aaron Solo. Brock <laughs> Anderson. Yeah. Uh, next week doesn't sound too exciting. Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Well, let's go to our main event of this show, which is Hangman Adam Page and Preston 10 from the Dark Order versus Team Taz meaning Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs. So this, um, again, Hangman's like in the dark order, but he's kind of not still. He's less, he's just, he's acquaintances. He's friends with them. Uh, early on, Page hits a standing star press for a near fall. There's then Preston who tags in and gets double powerbomb from both of these big hosses from Team Taz here. Uh, and then a standing moonsault from Brian Cage, which looked pretty cool. Uh, there's then the powerbomb spot from cage to page that we saw at the pay-per-view, but it's countered into a hurricane Rana. There's then a moonsault on Hobbs from hangman. There's then Hobbs who does this like running cross body block, kind of similar to the Bray Wyatt or the, the divide from, from Killian Dane, which looks cool. Then something I didn't expect to see uh, in this match is Brian cage does a, the whole six, one, nine sequence, like the whole yeah. thing. Like, I know yeah. he's done this before. Yeah, he's done it before. Yeah, it's, you know, it's his Lucha, I guess, uh, connections. Yeah. He him to do that. Dude, you're giant. Why are you doing this move? Like, yeah, when little, I watch Io, yeah, Io Shirai does it, it looks like it actually hurts. When you see some of these people do it, it looks hurt. When he does it, it's just like, dude, you skip leg day and the rest of you is <laughs> massive. You're a monster. You're the machine. You should be like powerbombing people and 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 why are you doing this move it looks it looks out of place it looks really does, funny yeah. we always joke i love i love brian cage but we always joke that he's the creator wrestler whenever mm-hmm. you down whenever you play the wrestling games you create a wrestler he's jacked he's giant he's got weird ring gear that looks like some superhero and then when it comes to his moves you just give him all the the moves that you like like the 619 yep. and that's exactly what he did uh 10 comes back with a spine buster uh, but then he gets hit with the high-low, kind of, from Team Taz for a near fall. Ricky Starks comes out with Hook and throws Brian the FTW title. We've seen him do this. But Cage throws it away. says, I don't want this shit. 
So then Ricky gets up on the ramp apron spot and slaps Cage. So then Brian Cage chases him out and runs after him, leaving Hobbs alone. Ten hits the ripcord cutter on Hobbs, who gets up staggering and is welcomed with the buckshot lariat from Page and pins him. So the Dark Order pick up the win over Team Taz, which seemed to have some drama going on. The drama continues for Team Taz as Brian Cage runs off chasing Ricky Starks, but uh, the Dark Order celebrate with a bunch of beers. Negative One's having a nice bottle of water. <laughs> it's just a lovely way to end the show. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's kind of obvious they're going with the whole Brian Cage thing. The only thing that sucks is like Ricky Starks isn't going to be able to wrestle for a while, so you can't go to that match anytime soon. The only match you could really do is Cage versus Hobbs, right? You're not going to have Cage versus Hook, I don't think. Uh, maybe, who knows? But um, it's obviously leading down that direction of uh, Brian Cage versus uh, Hobbs for now. Then hopefully Starks can get cleared and you'll have that match. Maybe at all out, maybe he'll be you know cleared by September. That could be a big match. But obviously Brian Cage is going to break out as a probably big baby face after this. And again, Preston Vance, I feel like he's going to blow up. He, they keep putting him in these, these big um, winning scenarios for him. And I feel like the mask is kind of like kind of holding him back. Cause he's a you know, good looking guy. Like if you ever see Preston Vance before, yeah. he definitely has like huge marketable, you know, potential. Um, so I can see them taking that mask off, but make it like mean something, make it like a reason why he's taking the mask off. Don't just take it off of him for no reason. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree, actually. Uh, I think Preston Vance is someone who's improved, like, in the matches that I've seen from him. Um, th- this is the first time I've seen him, like, in a, in a match, especially in the main event here on Dynamite. Uh, but I feel like his look is just awful. This mask that's supposed to be, like, the Joker, and it's just yeah. like, come on. Like, it looks – it actually takes me out of out of it for 100%. And, I, 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 you know, I like to nitpick. The guy's mask looks really dumb. Uh, yeah, it's like the reverse – yeah, it's like the reversed gimp mask. It's like all white and like weird. And it's like, dude, you look fine without it. Maybe that's the storyline that he eventually, you know, gets to take it off. Remember those angles with Brody that were like he he got yeah, the mask. He, he yeah, he gave it to him. Yeah, yeah, he was recruited to him at first. Yeah. And I mean, maybe, maybe that's why he keeps it on because it's like Brody. He can, he can like, they could just make up a storyline thing where like Brody was like, you're going to wear this until you feel confident enough to break out. And that's when he's going to take it off. Some sort of yeah. storyline explanation of why he needs to take it off. It, he looks weird in it. I, I can't lie. It's definitely, t- it, it makes me go, this is the main event. It's a cowboy and some white get mask dude versus <laughs> two giants, two yeah. ju- dude dudes and Jack dudes. And they, they, they lost to the, these. Guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I love hangman. I don't know where they go with him right now. Just continue to do this stuff with the dark order and eventually go to all out, which is, I imagine hangman versus Kenny for the title, but uh, yeah, uh, he's hanging around with these guys, chilling. They got the win here, uh, but it seems Team Taz is the one that's breaking up. I guess Hook versus Pay, uh, sorry, Hook versus Cage at All Out is something we can look forward to instead of Ricky Stubbs. Hey, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, overall, this episode was like had some stuff I liked, but it definitely uh, kind of fit in that category of like this weird Friday night thing that they got going on. It's like it felt like a, a really good version of Dark. Yeah, it was definitely a huge improvement from the last two shows because last week's show was probably one of the worst Dynamites I've seen. The week before that was, wasn't was that much better. So it's definitely had better wrestling on it. You didn't have like your real stupid offensive segment like you had last week. Um, so it was an okay show, like, a, a better dark. But like the problem that I think of is like these are the shows that are in the time slot of Rampage. So if you're going to give me this type of material and people aren't watching these shows, last week had an abysmal viewership. 
so it's like, is this what Rampage is going to be? Because if I was TNT right now, I'd be like, listen, nobody's watching these shows. Why are we giving you a whole new show at this time slot? Like Fridays at 10 o'clock, especially with everything open right now. Like who's going to stay home and watch this? Yeah. And people are watching SmackDown. So you can't say nobody watches um, these shows because last week SmackDown had like 1.8 million viewers and then Dynamite had 400,000. Like that's a huge drop off. Um, so it's kind of a, alarming to see like what this 10 o'clock time slot might do for a new show. Like, obviously, pandemic era Fridays were great because nobody could really go out and do stuff, uh, at least here in Toronto. But now we can. So less people are going to be watching things, at least live on TV, when they could actually go to, like, a bar maybe or go to their friend's house that they couldn't do before and, and, and hang with people rather than watching wrestling. Because we also live in this, like, era where, like, I'm someone who works in TV, and obviously ratings are, are very important, and, and that's how we all, they all make money and stuff like that. But... Ratings are so hard to 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 gauge uh, because someone like me, right? Like maybe I watch a show that airs on TV, but I watch it the next day. So maybe I use other means or streaming services or, or things like that. And the same thing goes with wrestling. Uh, there's so many alternative means to watch stuff, especially if you go, ah, 10, 10 p.m. on a Friday. Well, maybe I'm going to hang in with my friends or I'm going to take care of my kid instead of watching the show live. And then I'll just check it out tomorrow or DVR it or stuff like that. But Ratings to me never really like bothers me when it comes to stuff. Obviously, I want to see wrestling do really well. I want to see ratings for wrestling go crazy. But ABC just promoted for the last year this show called Rebel, which is based on Aaron Brockovich with uh, Katie Seagal. And the debuting, the the debut of this show got like a 3.5. And then the second week got a 2.5. And then they canceled the show. Because they said, eh, it's not doing that well. So that's insane. Because all I, as a wrestling fan, you keep hearing these stories. Oh, they did a million this week. Ah, oh, they did a million. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's like, dude, that's not, apparently that's, that's not, not that good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Look so, at the show on Netflix. Uh, the superhero show, Jupiter's Legacy, it got canceled. And like now it's coming out that like it has some of the highest viewerships on Netflix, but the show's already canceled. So it's like, what are you going to do? It's so yeah. weird how it works. Yeah, it's, it's weird how these things work and people in production is like, well, maybe for TV shows and dramas or whatever. And it's like, well, do they have, does this have the legs to go like a full thing? But for wrestling, it's like it nonstop. It's always going. And you know, the wrestling, wrestling fans always follow. So like there will always be viewers and stuff. But again, it's not everyone has TNT or wants to watch on a Friday night. It definitely sucks. But sports ratings destroy wrestling yeah. numbers so it's like there's no way in the world that wrestling comes first when it comes to sports but uh i yeah. wish to see a wednesday night show when does this tbs thing happen um august is what yeah. rampage show. but it's gonna be on tnt first and then next year they're gonna transition to tbs or something like that along the lines of that it's, it's really weird like they start on tnt but they're gonna move to the tbs and then they're gonna get preempted by baseball like it's the right. same thing's gonna happen TBS, I feel like with the playoffs, so it's like you're you're never really gonna win um, oh. these, with these preemptions. But like the note, the the thing that you said about sports, like if you think about it, on a Friday night, if you're going out to a bar, what are they showing? They're not showing dynamite. They're showing the NBA game. They're showing NHL. So it's like you already have like people out there watching these sports. So it's like not only are people watching it at home, but when they go out to bars, they're watching it there also. So obviously those ratings are gonna be humongous. Um, you know, I loved I loved going out to bars with like friends on Friday nights and then, or like a, even a Monday. And it's like, there's, you know, there's football or there's hockey or whatever's on. And then your one friend's like, Hey, uh, excuse me, bartender. Do you think you could put on SmackDown? And they're like, no, no, actually I, I 
I'm not imagine imagine being at a bar and like you guys are all drinking. You look up and you see like Shayna Baszler stepping on a doll. Like, how do you explain that? Like, yeah. This is what you watch. Like, imagine you're trying to talk to a girl and she's like, "You cover this? Like, what's what's going on? It's really yeah. weird." Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely where you are. Like, obviously, I haven't been inside of a bar for a very very long time. But imagine going to a bar and like you see wrestling on, and it's like some of the current wrestling that's happening. Even some of the AEW stuff. You're at a bar and. The basketball games ends and then they put on this show and you see like obviously there wasn't a dinosaur or anything on this show but it's like you watch you're like what the fuck's going on there that's wrestling okay, why, is this, that's- why is this lady throwing burgers at everybody what's going on here yeah it's like huh that's really strange uh so yeah uh, but then again you think of any of your friends who aren't wrestling fans who maybe love basketball or sports and stuff there's definitely a disconnect between like wrestling and they're like ah it's it's that fake shit it's it's not the same but there's definitely people who go oh, i'll give this I'll give this a try and watch, but the ratings for Fridays have been low. And uh, I guess, cause nobody wants to watch this on Friday nights at 10. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, every, everyone, everyone's watching SmackDown with Roman Reigns. Yeah, I mean, they said that, the, yeah, that, that's been really great. I watched SmackDown as well last night and this whole Roman Reigns, Usos thing has been really good. I hope they continue it till, till SummerSlam and do some sort of blow off with the Usos and Roman. Yeah. Did Roman murder Dominic? Is that what happened? Oh my God. So it's funny you say that because like I watched that and I'm like, if AEW were shot this the same way that they shot the Jericho thing at Blood and Guts, they wouldn't be an issue. But basically they shot it in a way where it looked like Roman Reigns power bombed Dominic into the abyss because the way the camera was shot and everything. Obviously there was a crash pad there because there's no way you would have power bombed him to the set. If you would have just did that for Blood and Guts, it would have looked just as bad. Um, bad in a good way, like you know, damaging. Yeah. But um, it was yeah, it was amazing. I, I'm loving this whole Usos Roman thing. I'm hoping my my storyline is I want Jay Uso or Jimmy to win Money in the Bank and then kind of tease, uh, fighting Roman for it, and then you have the Usos kind of battling it out for the briefcase, and then eventually somebody's gonna try to catch it against Roman and maybe win it. Who knows? I would wow. give the title to to the Usos for a week, and then Roman just comes back and wins it back. That's my storyline. I'd say uh, I know they're gonna do Rey Mysterio versus Roman. Yep. Is that a Hell in mm-hmm. the Cell? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, what's, it's on it's on Father's Day. So Ray is like avenging his son on Father's Day and fighting Roman in a, in a hell in the cell. When's Father's Day? I thought Father's Day is tomorrow. No, next Sunday. Oh, yeah, well, that's Sunday. good. I still have a chance then. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, I I think Roman versus Ray would it sounds like a pretty good match. I love been loving what Ray's been doing with with his kid and stuff. Um, I guess they lose the titles eventually to uh, the Usos as well. But yeah, um, what's the SummerSlam match for Roman? They're saying Roman and Cena, right? That's been the rumor for yeah. a while, but they haven't announced it yet. I mean, tickets go on sale this Friday, I think. So you would think they would announce some sort of main event or Cardi B performance or something to get those tickets, you know, Roman, selling. Roman versus Cardi B. Roman versus Cardi B? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down for wop. that. Why not? That's super WAP. Uh, and then I guess maybe like a, a Brock match for Mania or I, I see Roman versus Rock at the California Mania. So like in a year or so, but... Uh, yeah, Roman's got to yeah. go on this epic, epic run. It's too bad, though, Roman has the – what title does he have? The universal title? He has the universal title, yeah, the blue one. Like, look, I'm just nitpicking all over this show today, but belts are props in the world of wrestling, and he should really be the WWE champion. So they need to they need to swap, swap that it. title. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the I mean, universal I champion. There's rumors because, like, Triple H had a, a conference kind of hinting that they might be TakeOver that weekend, but that's going to be kind of weird because you do TakeOver on Sunday, the day after SummerSlam. So if they don't do TakeOver, I would do some NXT matches on SummerSlam itself, have, like, the NXT title on the line there. Um, maybe have Finn Balor 
kind of return of that show representing NXT, but he's still fighting somebody like Roman or something. Just a sort of NXT preference on a SummerSlam, I think would be pretty cool if they can't do a takeover. Yeah, I, I could see them doing a sum, uh, sorry a Sunday takeover the, the day after. I feel like they could do it reverse where it's SummerSlam on the Saturday and then the takeover on the Sunday, if if possible. I don't know. I, yeah. I've not read anything. I don't know anything. I'm just like speculating of what would make cool, sense. Yeah. But uh, and, and that could be your your big main event of uh, I, what I predict is Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly one more time for the mm. title. But uh, yeah, lots of wrestling, which we can all start to go to again. Because that's yep. what really matters now that we we all uh, are, are making it through and things are opening. And the first thing we all want to do is go to wrestling events. And go to I wrestling. Let's go. That's all, that's, that's all we want to do. Uh, well, John, thank you for joining me on this impromptu Saturday Dynamite review of BD Elite. Uh, I can't say I know the future for next week's show because uh, work schedules and just because Dynamite doesn't look like uh, worth taking a Friday night off for, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so we'll let you guys know. But again, watch along for the the takeover in your house. And John, I believe you are going to join me and Davey for this. Yep. Uh, I'll be there tomorrow. Yep. Perfect. So, so guys, come hang out on the Twitch if you have uh, not tried us out for these watch-alongs and stuff. We have uh, so much fun doing so, and we love all you guys hanging out with us. And then we'll be staying on for a post-show, me and Davey running down TakeOver in your house. Uh, but all the wrestling, all the stuff, um, and uh, listen to Shot in the Dark, John, because I know you were talking, you're going to be talking about a lot of stuff this week. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I've been having Wednesdays all on my lonesome this last couple of weeks. Those have been pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I'll be talking about the Michael Sankamura, Kaylee Ray match that just happened on NXT UK. I'll be going you know, through that. And then also tonight on PulseWrestling.com, I have a report for Against All Odds, Kenny Omega versus Moose. So if you guys don't want to order it or watch it, just read my report and uh, you'll get all the lowdown on what happens tonight. Yeah, I uh, I went and got a coffee, and then I smoked a joint, and I was just about to watch NXT UK for, like, the first time in forever. And as I'm, like, opening my computer and loading WWE Network, because in Canada we have to use some weird way. We don't have Peacock. I'm loading it up, and I open up our group chat, and you sent a picture of Triple H with Miko with the title, and I'm just like, close the laptop. I was it, like, well, it, I guess it, I don't need to watch that. <laughs> In all fairness, it was a Photoshop picture because Triple H could not take a picture with Michael. And then also, it's like, it was kind of obvious she was going to win. It's a second match. You never watch NXT UK. Come on. Like, I apologize. I apologize, though. <laughs> it was my bad for maybe not telling the, you. In the Like, we just have a group with me, you, and David. I'm just like, yo, like, uh, I just, I, I'm I like, figured. I'm like, oh, yeah, you yeah, never watch NXT UK. Like, come on. <laughs> But uh, it was it was pretty obvious she was gonna win. I feel like if she didn't win, it's like well. But yeah, it's a gr- still a good match. Did you watch the match though? I I didn't yet because I was oh, like, no. well, fuck, I'm gonna go do something else now then. Because no, I, I definitely know. watched the match. So I definitely would recommend it. Was a really good match. Yeah, well, I I'll I'll definitely check it out and listen to Shot in the Dark next week to hear your thoughts and and all that stuff. But. Thank you, Sino. Uh, we'll be chatting with you tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, go follow the socials at Up Next Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon.com. Five bucks a month, North American tier, gets you so many things. You get all the was next, the best match ever, all the movie reviews, everything up yours, all this stuff. We have a first ever up yours pick from MJ from NJ, who's picked music. So we're going to be chatting all about some live Bruce Springsteen performances and uh, MJ's picked this and we've agreed to let him pick this because it sounds like a lot of fun. We've never really got to dissect music and, and music performances and stuff like that. So that is a show that we will be doing as well next week. Uh, but if that's not your bag, well, best match ever, Jerry Lynn RVD. 
get your 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 match recommendations in for that because I can't wait. I know Hardcore Heaven is is the one everyone's saying. I'm, I'm remembering that one's pretty lit. That sounds uh, about right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, where can the fine people find you? Uh, see no evil. C N O E V I L on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, find me on there. I don't really you know tweet that much unless it's like wrestling related. So check me out. And what about the horror pod, the zombie pod? How's that going? You have doing That's new ones. A little bit of a hiatus. We've been taking a little bit of break for now, but hopefully, uh, you know, once we get back into spooky season, which is going to be after summer, hopefully we can get yeah. the, the wheel going back up on that one. Yeah, this is true. Uh, well, thank you, John. I, myself, Braden Harrington. You can follow me Twitter, Instagram, at the D, and we'll be back in your house uh, sometime tomorrow night. But thank you. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And uh, he didn't really say anything, but I just want to say I really love Angelico's dancing. Goodbye. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.